Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about, what do you think we got five players each that are either trending up on our draft boards and in our minds heading into the, as we get close to August, or players that are trending down. I think... What did we each, did you come up with three up, two down, I think? Is that what, I think I did the same. Correct. Right. So we got three guys going up, two guys going down. I don't have a lot of guys, I mean, there's not a lot of news right now to have the guys going down yet on our minds. This is all kind of just how our minds are changing as, shoot, I mean, we're, there's going to be drafts going on like in like two weeks, Jeff. Two weeks. The relegation leagues, if you guys haven't, um, I'm getting invites sent out right now. The drafts are going to start as early as august 4th already on those so that's gonna be just a shoot a couple weeks away so get ready for that but make sure you guys go check us out also on twitter at the ff profit or instagram fantasy football profit check out the website fantasyfootballprofit.com and you can always go to our youtube page as well youtube.com slash fantasy football profit we'll be having more stuff out on youtube as well as we get closer to the season and also check we're on we're on Patreon as well. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasy football profit. All right, let's jump into the list here. Not really a list, it's kind of there's no one through five on this one. So we'll kind of we might jump around, but let's start off, I guess, and we have more trending. Let's go with trending up. Who let's go with one player here that's trending up for you and why? Sure. I'm gonna start with the low hanging fruit, if we shall. Um I, I had to put Tyreek Hill on this list. As much as I may hate the man. But all the news has been pretty good. Um, They're thinking four-game suspension at most. It might actually be less than that. I know that you actually picked him in the Scott Fishbowl, correct? I did, in early. I I was kind of swinging for the fences this year in Scott Fishbowl. But I think if you're going to do that, go that route, Tyreek Hill is the way to go. Right. And right now he's wide receiver 47. So if he is only going to miss, say, three, three games, four games, you're picking him outside, you know, the top 30. That is great value. So as much as I don't want to pick him just because of, you know, whatever reason, um, he, he has to be moving up boards just as a smart value add. I didn't put him on the list, but yeah, that's very true. He is moving up boards, but I will, I'm going to actually be to tie this in moving down my boards, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. That's, that's one of point. my, that's one of my two, that's one of my two moving down is Sammy oh, Watkins. Yep. So it, that ties into, it's because of Tyreek Hill. And if Tyreek Hill is going to miss the last game, the whole thing of Sammy Watkins that was going to be, you know, excited about is if he was the number one receiver on the Chiefs for the full season or for a majority of the season. Yeah, then he's interesting. But if Tyreek Hill's back, I can really see Sammy Watkins just being what he's kind of been the last couple of years and kind of just irritating you. And because of that, he's just, I'm moving him down. I don't find myself drafting him pretty much almost in a lot of situations I don't anymore. I don't feel comfortable with it. I've always been a Sammy Watkins guy, but I'm not really <laughs> right now. He's, he's, he's moving down for me. Yeah. And I totally get that because what wide receiver 25 currently. And on top of that, he can never stay healthy. So you're, you're drafting him as a starter, but you, I mean, how much can you, you know, you, you just assume he's going to be out 25% of the, of the yeah. season. I don't know. He has, I mean, he does. He's, I think he still has potential to be good. But of course, I, I mean, mean, of course he does. But how many years do you have to go yeah, through this before it's you just so much. cut bait? 
And with obviously Tyreek coming back, it does lessen his chances. So 100% agree with you. Yeah, he was early on in the year. He was up almost. He was almost top twenty for me. He's dropped down to like twenty sixth now, and I just I can't find myself drafting him in almost any situation I'm in. I just and I don't do it. I don't pull the trigger on it. Just I, I don't know. It's not. That's how I try to. I kind of try to base things once we finally get into this. If he's on the board and I don't want him, he needs to move down the down the ranks for me. So that's uh that's my first trending down. Your first trending up. So I guess. I'll go to one of my trending up players here, which I don't, you might be kind of surprised to see this name on my list. Dak Prescott. Trending up. Yeah. I am surprised, but I'm not, it's, it's more of the fact that it's coming from you rather than never been a Dak Prescott guy. Really probably still, I kind of um, hold some grudges on his rookie year when Tony Romo was still better and should have been playing. Never bought that. Never did. I never bought it. And I was a Tony Romo guy. But Dak, you can't really deny the fact that he's pretty consistent. I mean, if we took his final season finish, uh, why are we ranking him so low? Sixth his rookie year was really good. But then 11th and 10th the last year is when we think he wasn't as good, maybe. He's still right there. He's a QB1. He's a, he's a borderline QB1 at the very end there. But... He has. This is the first time. I mean, he had Dez. I guess when he was six, he had a fairly good Dez Bryant. Now, it, this really depends on Amari Cooper. It really does, and how good we think Amari Cooper could be with him now for a full year. I just think I'm. I've put him too low, and this isn't more of. This isn't really like moving him way up the boards. This is. I don't have him. He shouldn't be like twentieth for me, maybe. And he's moving up because of that he has moved up. I think. Pull up my ranks here. He's up to 14th now, so he's not that high yet, but I'm still looking at it like I'm, I might move him up a little more. Okay. I, I think that is about right. So you're almost just adjusting, yeah. uh, you know. Adjusting to maybe where he should have been the whole time, right. and so, I was kind of down on him for why, right. I don't really he's know. He's ranked, well, in Fantasy Pros, for example, he's ranked 15th okay. QB. So, so and I think more that the, is about correct. Yeah. I do still have him. I, have him about, I actually have Kyler Murray one spot ahead of him. Which I could have probably put Kyler Murray, Murray on this list, but I talked about him on um, the last episode we did. Right. One of the last episodes we did talked about Kyler Murray, so I didn't put him on this, but he's up there too. But yeah, Dak is he's consistent. He really is. He's he has good players around him. He's good offense. Really is good offensive line. Great running back. Who if you want to buy the whole holdout thing or not? But yeah, it's a I think it's a good good team there, and he should be as low as I had him. So I moved him up my board a little bit. Not that exciting of a player here, but hey, I just needed to move him up. Right. And I didn't have any quarterbacks on this list. I actually have one more. Do you? Uh, Mostly because they're even someone like Dak, who I don't believe should be ranked that low. Yeah. Look at the people, I mean, above him. We're talking about perhaps Kyler Murray. Okay, you can kind of buy into the hype. But we talked about Jared Goff before, where he was seventh last year, and, you know, he's outside the top ten. He has the same weapons. He's young. He, he did a great job last year. Um, I mean, are you jumping over him? Are you jumping over Roethlisberger, who was, you know, what, the second highest quarterback last year? Well, he's I've, not jumping over Jared Goff for me because Jared Goff is trending up. Okay, well, there we go. Okay. <laughs> That's another one of my trending So up. I do agree with you on that. Okay, I, I'm running through these lists real quick here. This is going to be a 10-minute episode. <laughs> but Jared Goff, again, he's, again, I look at it more, and it's something I'm trying to get away from. 
I've been, they don't excite me as players sometimes like Dak doesn't, Jared Goff doesn't, but I really have to sit and look at the numbers and look at the talent around him and how can he not be up my, up the board draft board? Why is he not going to be good? He finished seventh last year. He finished 12th the year before he's clearly got better in only the second and third year. I mean, why isn't he going to be up there? He's up to ninth for me now. I have moved him up, which is a bit of a jump from where I had him. Yeah, so he's up to ninth. He passed Cam Newton. He passed Ben Roethlisberger for me. He has three receivers who we, everyone ranks top 25 pretty much, those three. And he still has Todd Gurley, who is great. He is great. And even it's, he's going to be good. I was like, why, why can't he be good? And Gurley's a great running back, but he also catches the ball. Daryl Henderson will probably do that too if he was the guy in there at all. Goff should be up there, so he moved up to ninth for me. Yeah, 100% agree with that one. I really do like Goff. Um, so really, we can go anywhere with it. Yes, I'm, I'm going. I've already got two of my training up done, and I have one of my trending down done. So we should go to you a little bit All here. Right. So let's go to the other low-hanging fruit that yeah. I put on the trending down. It just a realistic like look at it. If you're drafting very very soon, you have to look at Melvin Gordon as a running back six, and you have to say, okay. You my know. other trending down. Okay, there we go. There we go. This is gonna be really quick. But yeah, I mean, okay. It's realistic. Yeah. Yes. So very. he's holding out. You don't know what's gonna happen. Usually, I would say I would get done. But I thought that with Le'Veon too last year. Yeah. So Melvin is a wonderful, wonderful player. But there's a lot of good running backs, and I have no idea what's gonna happen. So you have to downgrade him. Yeah, and that's. Yeah, if it wasn't for Le'Veon Bell last year, and actually him missing the entire season, this wouldn't be as much on my radar. I'd be like, hey, he's going to play. Of course he's going to play. We all know he's going to play. Like, But we said that all about Le'Veon Bell last year. Right. We all said it. We were still drafting him. People were drafting. I drafted him in a league. Like, <laughs> it was happening. And we just didn't buy it that it could happen. They could He could hold out like that. But this one, I can see it both ways. I can see how this could happen and why, if, you, yeah, if you're drafting right now, if you're drafting before the situation corrects itself, I, I don't see how you draft him in the first round. You can't do it. You, you absolutely can't draft him in the first round no. before this whole situation is cleared up. Because it's – Gordon, I don't know if you've seen any of those clips. Like, Have you seen any – there was a video of him talking last year about Le'Veon Bell, and it seems like he was completely agreeing with it, and he would do the same thing kind of. A, and why wouldn't he? I think he would do it. Yeah. And and I, I do. I, I like – I get why he's doing it. I, 100% I get it. But you're putting yourself in a very precarious position, especially for Melvin Gordon, because you're pretty much putting yourself in a position where you can't back down. And so if they don't give you anything, you almost have to sit out now because otherwise yeah. you lose all power, right? And I'm not positive that the Chargers are going to do anything about it. I, I, I mean, maybe maybe they're not going to give him well, the money he wants, but I would assume they would give him some sort of better deal. You would but think. Who knows? I who don't knows? know. Running backs in the NFL, man, it's not like he's he's been a good player. And we think he's been a really good player for fantasy. But if, if we try to put like, if you go look at his numbers and you look at what his overall production has been, just based on a just NFL standpoint, if you're just looking at straight up like yardage, and all that stuff, like if we would have looked at it when we were kids, like, you know, I looked at like yardage and that kind of stuff. I didn't right. care about his fans. If you look at this, he's only had one, one season over a thousand yards. And that's always been like the number for a running back. You know, you always, mm -hmm. he's only had one season over a thousand. I mean, 
but he's been part, a touchdown machine. He is. And part of the reason he hasn't got over a thousand is he missed four games last year. He missed three games in 2016. He missed two games in 2015. So he made one full. He's had one full season. He yeah. He's gotten ten. It's weird to say he's a touchdown machine after the whole thing is after his rookie year. Is this guy doesn't score touchdowns? Right. Right. Where he had zero. But he turned he it around real quick. Ten, eight, and ten. So he gets touchdowns. But and he catches some balls. He's he's not. I mean, he's good. He he catches a good amount, but he's not. It's there's other players. I mean, Zeke's just as good now, if not better. There's plenty of players that catch just as much as he does. They might think they can just plug anybody in, honestly. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh sure did, and it worked. I, I mean, you look if you really look at his numbers, the first year, 3.5 yards per carry. I mean, I guess I, I don't like yards per carry that much. but And his, his rookie but, year was a that was more yeah, an anomaly, if anything else. Second year, 3.9. Third year, 3.9. And then last year's where he jumped to 5.1. He had the big jump. 5.1 is it was great. Incre- yeah, but they had the, the three years below four. So you really look at this and you're like, and he's missed games. He's kind of been hurt. I mean, I don't know if I were the Chargers, if I would put money towards him. I don't know if it's, if that is worth it. I just, I'm not sure it is. And it's scary then if you're looking to draft him. There's not, I mean, I honestly, I would not, I don't think I'd put the money. I wouldn't give him the money. And that's, it's nothing against Melvin Gordon. It's just the fact that that running back position just is not worth spending on. And he's going to be, he's like, what, he's 26, going to be 27. Mm-hmm. That's sad to say that's old. And it's not really old, but it's not. I mean, I have to believe that they're going to try to get some sort of deal done. And I don't some, really think that Melvin Gordon is expecting top end money. I, I think he could probably I go know. somewhere I think he and might get be. it. But if they offer him a, you know, health, I would hope that he would take it. Once again, I have no idea how it's going to go down. So there's no way that you can. I mean, right now he's running back number six. Yeah, he has to be lower than that. I haven't have to. I haven't. I don't think I've changed my ranks yet either. But he. I mean, you're. So what that means if he's six, he's going like ahead of David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, those kind of guys. James Conner, Chubb. You have to pick all of them obviously. over him right yeah. now. All of them have to be ahead of him. I think until it's until it. Right now, it, until the situation is cleared, because those guys are not far enough off from Melvin Gordon to pick Melvin Gordon over them. It's not like you're picking Le'Veon Bell last year over certain guys. And the me being completely honest, I do not know how far he would have to fall for me to take him yeah, after what happened with Le'Veon. It's scary. It's it's definitely it's it's a scary situation for me. I don't I mean you're you're honestly talking for me, he probably I mean he drops out of the top fifteen. Yeah it and until this to. and until this gets all situated, and it very well might, more. but it's yeah, just, and it could it could be done tomorrow for all we know. Yep, yeah, but hey, it's you don't want to really mess with it right now. So right. That, that's a good one for trending now. So we'll go another one of yours because I'm I've already got that was my second trending now. I got one player left on my board here. All right, let, <laughs> let me do one of the trending upset uh, we've talked about before, but uh, I really really like now, and um, I'm going to give actually you a lot of credit because um, one of our last podcasts we talked about Latavius Murray. Yep. And right now he's going outside the you know top thirty of the running back, so he's thirty first right now on, on fantasy pros. And the point that you made, and the point that really got me thinking, like, yeah, may, what what if? And you know, the people that you see in front of him, you have no idea. I mean, right now you're Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Tevin Coleman, Lamar Miller, David Montgomery, and those are the the yeah. five right before him, right? If he I don't think he is as good as Ingram, but if he has the same chance, he is going to be a top 30 back, no doubt about it. Yeah. He could be a top 20. 
and you're going to get him at a discount. So I, Latavius Murray is moving up my board, and he probably leapfrogs all five of those guys pretty quickly. Yeah, he um, especially like Darius Geis had him. Darius Geis is uh, risky as can be right now. I mean, and he might be the one of the ones with more upside. But, I mean, Tevin Coleman, Rashad, Pe- Rashad Penny, no idea, right? I mean, none. Best case scenario, he is in a you know crowded backfield where he unless maybe, there's an yeah. injury where Chris Carson isn't going to carry the ball at all. But Murray's in an offense that is proven to be able to sustain two big time running backs in fantasy. Why would they change it up now? There's nothing to, there's absolutely no, no reason they wouldn't, they would change anything up. You're just going to plug Murray into the Ingram role. Kamara's still going to get his, you're still going to throw the ball to Michael Thomas. Um, I mean, Jared Cook will get some, there's Traquan Smith a little bit, but it's going to be the same offense, the same kind of setup. I don't see, there's no reason to change it up. It's worked and they've, they've been really good. So I, yeah, that's one that I he didn't make. I didn't put him on this list today, but the more I look at it, the more he is a very, very interesting pick later on. Where you people had been overlooking him, is he starting to move up a little bit though? It's he, he might be, but that um, he hasn't moved up much from what I've seen. I got to move him up my ranks. I got to update these just to give everyone an idea as well. Um, if we. So last year, Ingram, even though he missed four games because of the suspension, he had 138 rushes, right? The year before that, 230. The year before that, 205. So I would think it is pretty safe to say that if you give Latavius Murray 180 carries, and he'll probably get more, I mean, look what he was able to do with it in Minnesota, which I think the Saints have a better situation. Last year, he had 140 carries. He almost 578 yards for six touchdowns. The year before that, he got over 200 carries, finally 216, 842 with eight touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that that alone just tells you. And let me I'm, just double check here. And two years ago, when he got 200 carries, he was the 20th best back. I have Murray right now at 27. He's my 27th running back right now. I think that is pretty fair. I think that is where you could put him and feel pretty good about it. If you want to reach and get him a couple spots higher, if you really believe in him, that's fine. If you want to let him drop a few because you're not sure about yep. it, also well, good. So gu- I think that's about The good. guys I have right ahead of him are Josh Jacobs, uh, Philip Lindsay, David Montgomery, Kenyon Drake, which those guys should be more of, they should be the number one backs on their teams. So Right. I, I have a harder time with David Montgomery, but that's because of the question mark. Yeah. You have no idea. But, but I think that is a good company. But I did put him ahead of Tevin Coleman because who knows? Lamar right. Miller, Tariq Cohen, LaShawn McCoy even, Darius Geis. I have Geis and Peterson back-to-back. Peter, I have Peterson higher than most do. But, yeah, he's a – I, I kind of like that pick because we can get him as maybe your fourth running back. That's a good fourth running back. I think it might work out for you, so – it's a good one for trending up. So we should go to another one of yours here. Yeah. And let's go to my last trending down, which I don't, I'll be honest. I don't feel good about this. The only reason I put him on here is because I keep passing on him. And yeah. I, I noticed that I'm not the only one because I, I wanted to be, I wanted to give, uh, you know, kind of really look into it and say, why do I not feel good about this? How's everyone else treating him? And I'm talking about Tyler Lockett. He should be the number one on a Seattle offense that still has to throw it to someone. But right now, even though he's ranked 19th as far as a wide receiver, he's being drafted averagely at 23. So obviously four spots lower. 
And every time I get to that place, I'm, I, I just don't want anything to do with him. So he, I, I don't know why. Uh, to be honest, I don't know why. Everything is pointing in the right direction. But every time I get to him, uh, I, I look at him and I think just danger signs. I see red and I move on and then he'll drop and eventually he'll go before I'm ready to get him. But I, I had to bring him up. I had to address it and I had to get your opinion on Tyler Lockett. Well, See, I feel similar, similar, very similar about him. When I'm in a draft, I don't want to pick him. And I've ranked him around the 20th mark. I don't know exactly right now. But when, Are you drafting him at 20, though? No. Okay. That's where I might have to rethink this. And why it is for me, I think it is. He only had 57 catches. <laughs> I know if we translate, if, if he becomes the real number one target, 100%, He's the catches should go up, you would think, right? But uh, he only had seventy targets. It just became a pay, he just became a bigger play guy. So last year, there really wasn't a difference in targets for him. So his rookie, he, he, these are targets over the four years: 69, 66, 71, then seventy last year. It's just a lot of big plays, more touchdowns. Maybe that's going to keep happening maybe that's how they're going to use him completely or is that a one-year outlier where he just got a few more big plays that's a big jump in yards per catch and yeah and it's worrisome too because yards per target almost doubled yeah and on top of that his catch percentage which i'm not a huge fan of this stat but at the same time you have to look at it and it stayed relatively Mm -hmm. relatively the same right it was like 74 62 63 when he started to get a few more targets and then 81 last year. Mm -hmm. So if, if his targets do not go up, I, I, you know, it's very unlikely that he'd be able to sustain that big playability and to have that catch percentage, which obviously would limit his upside. And on top of that, he had 10 touchdowns. Like, it, it just looks like everything should fall, even though he should be the number one. Yeah, and that's where it's, it's just... We could be looking at, we could look at, you know, sometimes we'd look at those stats if maybe we like the player and be like, well, see, look at this, tr look right, at, look right. at, look how much he increased this yards for catch, look how much better he's going to be. So maybe we're just cherry picking and we're just like, yeah, this is, this is why it's an outlier. We can, you can do that with yeah. stats all day, but I don't feel comfortable with it because I don't feel comfortable with it. I don't draft him. Yeah. Maybe this is the, this was the beginning of a star player being born here. Maybe. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable enough to draft him. I'm okay. I'll, I'll let somebody else do it. Exactly. I'm okay missing out on him. Yeah, I am too. And hey. yeah, so I had I had to bring him up because I, I think he is going to be a uh, a highly debated player because I'm, of everything going on. I'm more excited about David Moore on the same team. Not maybe not like going to rank him that way, but I'm more excited <laughs> yeah, right. in relative terms as to where he's getting drafted. I like right. the potential with David Moore because he also he actually had a bigger yards per catch of 17.1 last year, and he had five touchdowns. On only and you know there's only 26 catches and he had five touchdowns, so he's uh he's an interesting one for me. He only had 17 less targets than Tyler Lockett, so if he starts converting those a little bit, yeah, he's interesting to me. I just I'm more interested in him based on where he's going. And this is why I worry too, right? Because we haven't downgraded Russell Wilson that much. No, I just, I just feel I, like he's going to get it done somehow. I, I still feel safe with him, which doesn't make any sense. And that I have to bring it up because if I don't feel good about Lockett. Those targets, <laughs> and I do feel good about Russell. Those targets have to go somewhere else. Maybe so David Moore. Who? Yeah. Who am I missing? Like something. One of these is one of these. I'm incorrect about. I'm either missing a sleeper, or I'm wrong on Russell, or I'm wrong on Tyler Lockett. One of them has to happen. Dave, so David Moore becomes a star. 
Maybe. It's Maybe. a little, uh, a little a much. tight end. I DK don't know. Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Yeah. I mean, is he really ready? No, they got Jaron Brown yet. Remember Jaron yeah. Brown? I, I mean, he's still there. Maybe they just spread the ball around to five different guys and no one's a true number one. I mean, that, that that's seems more likely. more likely in my yeah. head. Yeah, that's probably more likely. That, that's why Lockett is starting to slip in mine. Yeah, it's, I feel the same way about him. It's just very, yeah. Just don't feel comfortable. And then I don't feel comfortable with a guy in a draft. I don't draft him. So he's just one of those stay away guys and he moves down. So that's how it works early in the early in the year when you're actually making making the initial ranks. He's up there and you get to a draft and you realize, nope, I have this too high. Can't do it. All right. So we got two of your up, two down, two of mine, two down. So I'll go to my final trending up player. And it's going to be Christian Kirk. He has really moved up my board. Yep, I and love Kirk. I have no no issue with that I, it. This ties into me liking Kyler Murray more. I like the I, the more I think about it, the more I look into the offense again. And just Cliff Kingsbury, I think this offense is going to be really good. I think they have the talent to be really good. I don't know if the team overall is going to be really good. Who knows? But I think the offense is. They're going to play. They're going to have a lot of plays. They're going to try to just do all kinds of stuff. And I think Christian Kirk's going to become the number one receiver on this team for what they want to do. And he had a, you know, a very good rookie season. He really did. Well, I'm pull up his numbers here again. So his rookie year, 43 catches for 590 is is a very solid rookie season. It really is. We shouldn't expect, like, again, we've talked about this all the time. Stop expecting Odell Beckham numbers or, you know, that kind of thing. That's just such an outlier. That's Christian Kirk had a very, very solid season. And Larry Fitzgerald, again, we've been saying this every year. He's just, it's, 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 it's done. Right. Like, right. No, I don't know. Or can I you not know. say it? You can't say I, that. I don't think you, this is why I think you're absolutely right on, on Kirk. And on top of that, he only had 12 games that he played. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible on yeah, the worst passing offense that there was in the NFL last year. I mean, they, they really did not do a, mm-hmm. I mean, it was rough. You have a rookie, that team was kind yeah. of in shambles, whatever. The fact that he was able to do that in 12 games on a bad offense is pretty impressive. But to Fitzgerald's point, if I look at him, he is an interesting, I think, late pickup, perhaps if you are correct about the Cardinals, if you are correct about the shiny new quarterback, you know, that is helming the team. Because last year was a complete fall off for him, right? So he only had 69 receptions last year, Uh, the year before that 109, the year before that 107, the year before that 109. 734 yards, six touchdowns, which really doesn't change a whole lot from year to year for him in the past few. But if this offense gets back on track, what's stopping him from getting 80, 90 catches, even if he is decreasing a little bit? All of a sudden, he's a wide receiver three, and you can get him for nothing. And we've seen this before with him. We already already said he was done, what, how many years ago? Four years ago? 2014. Right, yeah. When he did the 63 for 784. Yep. We thought, you know, he's done. It is over. And then look at he turned around and did for three more seasons. We were writing him off after last year, but yeah, maybe that just is the quarterback situation. Look what happens when you don't have, uh, you know, don't have Carson Palmer throwing the ball or whoever else, you know. And I don't know how you're going to use him, but you have to believe that throwing to Larry Fitzgerald is pretty easy for a rookie because even if he doesn't have the speed, which is the lovely thing about him is he's such a good wide receiver that you can just turn him into a possession guy. He can coach up the younger wide receivers. He can be a presence on the field. I still think that he can get it done if Kyler Murray is the real deal. That's a big what if. Yep. 
But I, I but, still think he's an interesting one, but I'm not ready to say, hey, grab it. I'm, I think it's going to be – we'll see big things from Kirk. He's up to 30th right now for me. He's my 30th receiver now. I love it. And I, I picked him up in Scott Fishbowl because yeah. I, I do expect bigger things I, from I, him. I'm a big fan of him there. All right, so we'll go to your final – what is this? Where are we at? Trending up, right? Final, yep, and it is trending up, and it is another guy that we have talked about on the podcast before. I brought him up, I think, two episodes ago, and that is going to be Kenyan Drake. Yeah. So I threw him on here because at first I did downgrade him just for no really good reason because I don't like the Dolphins for the most part. Not a, not a very good team. But after looking at his numbers, after hearing that you know Miami is going to change the way they do things a little bit after getting a better quarterback... I and me <laughs> throwing out a little faith that they're going to use him more. Um, you have to believe that if you give this guy enough touches, he is going to be productive. His yards per carry every single year has been very good 5.4, even though he only had 33 rushes, 133 rushes, 4.8, and then last year, 4.5. So, with only 120 rushes, once again. So, here's some good Kenyon Drake numbers again. This might be an Adam Gase thing where they just didn't want to give him the ball as much for some reason. But in 2018, he averaged the sixth most fantasy points per touch among running backs. So per touch, he was sixth. So if he gets a real workload, he's going to be up there, right? You would have. And, and on top of that, how many touches did he actually have? Uh, Not many. Less than 200. You got to be effing kidding me. So one of the best offensive weapons you have, and you give him less than 200 touches in a year, he had, what is that, 173, and you get about 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns between receiving and rushing. So even though everything was stacked against him, the guy still ended up being the 21st best running back in the NFL, fantasy-wise, and we don't talk about him. So after looking at all that, I I had to give him the respect he was due, and he started skyrocketing up my chart, first to make up for the mistake of overlooking him, and then secondly, because I just love his upside. And here's another good, like, he's, he's a good runner, but he also can catch the ball. Because here is, this is the top players. It's funny, because I found this article here. I just typed Kenyon Drake, and this article came out 15 hours ago, and it's titled, Why Kenyon Drake Should Be on Your Fantasy Team. Oh, boom. So, it's great. So, he was, the, <laughs> he, he was the sixth best he had the sixth highest quarterback rating when targeted as a running back. So if there was the only players ahead of him that had a better, you know, the quarterbacks had a better rating when they're throwing the ball to a running back, Kareem Hunt. Okay. Jalen Samuels. Okay. The guy was a tight end too. Right. Tevin Coleman, who's we kind of yeah. think of him that Matt Breda. Okay. And Damian Williams got all guys you would expect to be there. Those guys though, those five players ahead of him, <laughs> two of them, two of them were being thrown to by Pat Mahomes. Exactly, <laughs> on yeah. a record-breaking. Well, two year. of them were getting thrown by Pat, Pat Mahomes. One of them was a converted tight end, right? It's like, and one was getting thrown to by Tannehill. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 there is there is an outlier, and it is Ken Drake. And those guys ahead of him, none of them had more than forty-four targets, so it's easier to have a better rating on less targets. He had seventy-three, which is that's harder to you know sustain a number. That's pretty solid. So he was Very. better than on catching, like on quarterback rating, better than like Christian McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, those kind of guys. So uh, yeah. it's a very, I mean, that, and that's produced on a, you know, not a team that was, should have been known for that. Like the other ones we mentioned, even then, like uh, Matt Breida was with Kyle Shanahan offense, which is always known for throwing the ball to running backs a bit. And the other one, Tevin Coleman was in the Falcons who Shanahan came from. They just still use some of those concepts. So 
I like this one a lot. I think Kenyon Drake is, he's a good value because you don't have to, you're not get, he's not, he's not exciting. He's one of those players where he's on the board. A lot of people just don't really think about him. Where is he though? Where, where was he current rank right now? He was going, I have it written down 25th right now at running back. Okay. So I had him a couple spots ahead. Yeah. And think. also that's fantasy pros. So I do think he's a little, uh, more appropriately placed on that one compared to an ESPN, if I'm correct, but maybe he moved up on that one. Yeah, so he's, yeah, 25th, and he's going ADP is 25th, so he's right there. I have him 23rd right now, which he's one spot for me below Sony Michelle, who I'm, I almost put Sony Michelle on my down list. Just not, it's just, um, yeah, I worry a bit just because it's the Patriots. They still, they still worry me. And Damian right. Harris being there. And I don't, yeah, he's not going to catch a whole lot either. Drake, though, I like Drake. If they give him the real, real workload, guy's been a good player. It's just we, we are turned off from people who don't like it after last year because he didn't get the targets, he didn't get the catches, or didn't get catches and get the carries, and we expected big things, and he actually went down in touches from the year before, basically. So, yeah, I like Kenyon Drake. All right, that's uh that's it. That's all of our players. Not a bad, not a bad list. Like some, uh, some guys we hadn't talked about very much, but I think. Yeah, the Kenyon Drake, man, I like, I'm just really excited about Kenyon Drake for some reason now. I like that pick a lot. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there really are a few. Besides for the low-hanging fruit of Melvin Gordon, Tyreek Hill, because of, you know, the news that came out, I, I like the ones we talked about. There's a few more of just talking it out, but Latavius Murray and Kenyon Drake are legitimate for me, moving up for no other reason yeah. than I like their value and, and I like what they're able to bring to the team. And then on your side, which one... Um, Christian Kirk. I really yeah, Kirk. like Kirk. I think that's a solid one. Even in the quarterbacks, if you can get them, whatever. But Christian Kirk's my my favorite pick up there. Yeah, I think that's a great one. All right. That will do it for today's episode. We'll talk to you guys next time.